Hey y'all, I'm Deidre. I'm Doug. <laughs> Doug I'm Chelsea. And this is Scream and Sugar. Hello. Hello. It is us. It is I. Uh, Sarah is not going to be here today. As you all know, we can't always be together. No. <laughs> Ever. We've always got to have one out. Yeah, there's always one out. It's either me or Deidre or Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> it's always one of us. That but is that's not all fun. right. Yes. The show must go on. So... It is my turn today, and is it? it is. I thought it was my turn. Tis I. Just what do you? Kidding. You got some ready? <laughs> Why heck no? We're doing a double episode, both dun, at the dun, same dun. time, back to back, <laughs> at the same time. At the same time, that'd be awful. Just okay. Both of this us talking happened. at the same time. This is gonna happen. This is Okay, so I'm doing a murder. Oh, a murder. A murder. And murder. It's solved. Oh my gosh, is it? Yes. I can't believe it. Yes. Uh oh, I can't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a soft one. I don't own it. I don't uh, uh, own it. (laughs) I own it. Okay, so this is Scream and Sugar. (laughs) (laughs) This is the murder of Sherry Rasmussen. Rasmussen? Yes. Why does that sound familiar? Because we have a friend with that last name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's her we last do. name. With her married name. Yes. So, okay. On February 24th, 1986, Sherry... February 24th? Mm-hmm. I was Anytime telling, it's in February, you're like, February I, well. <laughs> Look, I was telling Sarah last time I said, every time... Because every time I do a case, literally, something is based around February, da-da-da-da. February, da-da-da. And I'm like... She was like, you know, I never noticed that until you said that. Because every time I do it, it is. And then it, it's like, you do it too. February is the killing month. <laughs> oh, I'm scared. It's the month to kill. It's also the birthing month of yours truly, <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> February 24th, 1986, Sherry Rasmussen, a 29-year-old woman who had just celebrated her birthday two weeks before. Oh, my word. Yep. So, like the 10th, I think. That's uh, three days before my birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every time I bring it up. Every it's time. around. That's 18 days before my birthday. <laughs> I love my birthday. I don't know why. <sighs> so, she, um, yeah, two weeks before she had just celebrated her birthday. And she was with her husband, John Rutten, at their condo in Van Nuys. Mm. I was like, I looked this up, but it's been so... I've had this one ready for so long, I forgot. Yeah, Van Nuys, California. Um, she was preparing a motivational speech. She was sketched... Mm-hmm. Speech she was scheduled to give that day at work, and she wasn't looking forward to it. Uh, she felt, I wouldn't either. Yeah, she felt it was a tactic managers use that isn't very effective, like the... Come on, guys. Oh, yeah. As we all know, it isn't. You're just looking at everybody like, Mm. okay. So, um, 
yeah, she wasn't looking forward to it. Her husband was heading to work, and she told him she might call in sick. She had hurt her back the day before working out and was going to use that as an excuse. She was like, my back hurt. I'm just not going. She just was not trying to do that. My double speech. chin came to party with us. <laughs> hey, gay. <laughs> <laughs> she, she wants to know how y'all doing. <laughs> that's, that's Molly. Hey, gay. <laughs> hey. Okay. Um, I cannot. I threw the whole paper down, and I didn't even read the second paragraph. <laughs> I was like... The thought believed i was like why is <laughs> that <made> no sense <laughs> okay at 9 45 a.m a neighbor noticed their garage door was open but couldn't see a car and figured no one was home van nuys is a region of la so i'm sure they wanted to let someone know in case they forgot to close it like it's not a yeah you know it's they were living in like these condos so there were a bunch of people around and uh, 15 minutes later, John made the first of several unanswered calls home throughout the day. Sherry's sister also called without hearing from her. Uh, around noon, two men who the neighbor thought um, thought believed, there it was, <laughs> uh, believed were gardeners in the complex, uh, gave her and her husband a purse they'd found that turned out to be Sherry's. So these gardeners... Hmm. Gave their neighbor a purse. Yeah. And it was Sherry's purse just out somewhere. Um, a maid cleaning a nearby unit said she heard what sounded like two people fighting, then someone falling around 1230 in the afternoon. When John returned home that evening, he also found the garage door open along with blo- broken glass <laughs> on the driveway. And this is the husband, right? Right. Like okay. he's he's been calling. He can't get a hold of That's anybody. Why. I just want to make sure, because, you know, sometimes I'm faded now. <laughs> faded. Uh, I'm faded. I'm jaded. Mm-mm. I'm done. Uh, yeah, so he comes home from work that night, finds the broken glass in the driveway, and the BMW he bought for Sherry as an engagement gift oh. was also missing. My, my, John, be mine. <laughs> okay, just getting a fancy car for an engagement gift. With a ring, probably. Um, like a dealership, put a ring on it. <laughs> you didn't put the ring and brought the, went to the dealership. Okay. The rights. Hmm. I said it. <laughs> the rights. <laughs> we don't have the rights to anything. Um, because she planned to call into work, he thought it was weird she would have gone out without letting him know. And the answer machine at the condo wasn't activated. And usually they'd like make a note to activate it whenever one of them wasn't going to be there. Like if mm. nobody was going to be home. Mm-hmm. They'd smart. always turn it on. That's a smart. Yeah, it's because this is the 80s, and that's how things had to be. So he walks inside and finds Sherry dead on the living room floor, <gasps> shot three times oh. with what later would be identified as a federal 38 caliber J plus P. There were signs of a struggle. A porcelain vase was broken and looked to have been broken um, over Sherry's head oh, wow. before she was shot. There was a bloody handprint next to the security alarm's panic button, and a dining room cabinet was turned over. It looked like someone tried to tie Sherry up at one point or another, and she had defensive... Can I speak today? (laughs) She had defensive wounds and a bruise on her face that looked like it was caused by the muzzle of a gun. Oh, my. Yeah. The gun was fired through a quilted blanket to probably muffle the sound, and there was also a bite mark on her arm. 
and investigating uh, criminalists notice that. And How are you going to bite somebody? First of all, DNA. <laughs> Second of all, are we too? I don't know. Biting people? I don't know. <laughs> so that this uh, criminalist investigating the whole case, he takes a swab of it, which I think back then DNA wasn't like ready yet. Yeah. You know, like they weren't ready for, for all that. So the LAPD detectives inve- that investigated the case said Sherry was most likely surprised and killed by a burglar. Sherry was wearing a bathrobe, nightgown and underwear. So she didn't seem to be expecting company. The maid that heard the screaming and fighting did not recall hearing gunshots. She thought the whole event was a domestic dispute and didn't call the police. Which, why didn't you? Question. Okay. Why was the maid cleaning so late? This was the afternoon. She was cleaning at like 1230 in the afternoon. That's when she heard someone fall. Oh, and and she was just in her robe and nightgown still in midday? Yeah, well, because she was going to call in to work, so she was just chilling. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I'm yeah, just that's when the maid I... heard all that stuff going on. So, yeah, like around noon. She must have slept in late. She was like, I'm, look, I'm sleeping in. Yeah, because she was up whenever her husband was leaving, and then she was like, uh, I'm going to probably call in, and then, yeah, I don't know. But we don't know when the whole struggle actually happened. The maid just heard that. arguing in the fall. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it could have been like 11 o'clock. I don't know. 11 o'clock? <laughs> just <down>. rambling. <laughs> okay, so, I don't know why she didn't call the cops. It's like, it's a domestic yeah. it's dispute. So, I'm just not going to call the cops. Somebody's beating on their yeah, significant stupid. other. I ain't going to worry about it. Okay. <laughs> and when looking at the crime scene, it seemed the robber was in the process of taking some electronic equipment when Sherry confronted them. And as a result, some jewelry had been left behind and her car was taken as the getaway car. Uh-uh. They just stole that car. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. The only other thing that seemed to have been taken from their place was the couple's marriage license. Her B&W was found a week later, but there was no evidence found in the vehicle. Wow. Yeah. Lyle Mayer, the lead detective of the case, considered other possibilities besides the robbery gone wrong motive. He ruled out her husband as a suspect. John had quit his job and moved from L.A. shortly after the murder. So he just left. Which sounds suspicious <laughs> if you ask me, but what did I know? So he just left. Like, he just, he was like, okay, I'm gone. That is a little suspicious. Yeah. Like, what is? But, I mean, he could, yeah. That's suspicious. Yeah. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Rolled out. Um, <laughs> I got all these songs popping in my head. I can't. I can't. So the de- <laughs> the police decided to remain focused on the possibility of burglary, especially since one was later reported in the same area. Oh, where interesting. One, uh-huh, where one of two suspects had been carrying a thirty eight caliber like the one that killed Sherry. Oh. Uh-huh. Mayor's partner, Steve Hooks, found the bite mark unusual, as bites during struggles are more are much more commonly inflicted by women. Right. While the majority of burglars are men. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh no. But because men have bitten opponents during fights as well, the burglary theory stuck as the main one for the case. So they were like, yeah. well, you never know. So the suspected burglar or burglars, detectives thought, did the crime 
remained at large, even though a follow-up story in the newspaper was printed eight months later and offered a reward by Sherry's family. The LAPD got caught up with the violence that came from gang wars and the crack epidemic that ran through the city, so they were unable to spend a lot of time on the case. Sherry's family says the police at Van Nuys' office were often unhelpful when the family called, hanging up on them or putting them on hold. Mm-mm. Now. So, another mm. case of, you know. Wonderful police. Mm-hmm. Just, just struggling. We know they all ain't bad and all ain't done. Right, but. But. I don't want them to get the wrong impression of us about cops. Because right. It's not like, like we're like cop haters, cop haters. Like, but it's just there's like just a lot of dumb ones. And there's a lot of dro- dropped they, balls, balls on yeah. the floor from where they dropped them. On but cases. then again, anybody can be a police officer. Yeah. I mean, you, they you know, always, I mean, it's, you go through all that training all and the stuff, training but and then, stuff, but I mean, sometimes police offices aren't equipped to handle a murder and then, yeah. They pick up a scent and they go with it until it's a dead horse they beat. Yeah, so a year after the murder, the family was frustrated and reminded the public of their offer to reward people who could help the case at a press conference and called for more action. Nels Rasmussen, Sherry's father, told Daryl Gates, then chief of the LAPD, of LAPD, LAPD, about the possibility that there was a woman that may be involved. Detectives told him that he watched too much television. He continued to publicize the reward and later worked with a television series called Murder One that did a segment inspired by the case. The woman he mentioned to the chief was one of he and Sherry's mom, Loretta, was one he and Sherry's mom, Loretta, had also mentioned to Lyle Meyer, or Mayer, Oscar Meyer, Mayer. So, <laughs> does he, uh, is he saying he thinks a woman's involved because of the bite? Uh, well. Or did it say? Oh, okay. It doesn't say yet. Da, 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 da. The original lead detective, and he had made a note of this woman, but didn't exactly follow up. Her name is Stephanie Lazarus. Why does that sound familiar? Lazarus. Oh, the Bible. <laughs> Wow, Chelsea. <laughs> Brought back from the dead. And there's two Lazaruses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the Bible. I found out. You just said your dad's name. Just the whole name. <laughs> oh, Lord. And there are two Lazaruses in the Bible. Found that out thanks to my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said his name earlier, so we had to cut it out. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure David remembers that story. Said his whole name too, because <laughs> I always say his whole name. I, I always say David Beat every time <laughs> I talk <David> about him. <laughs> okay, so while an undergrad at UCLA from 1978 to 1982, John Rutten, Sherry's husband, occasionally dated Stephanie, a fellow Dixtra Hall resident from Simi Valley, California. <sighs> Stephanie would steal John's clothes when he showered and take pictures of him naked while he was asleep. John never thought their relationship was more than hooking up. Uh, They had sex for the first time after he graduated and happened. And it happened like between 20 and 30 times from 1981 to 1984. But she was never his girlfriend. That was made quite clear. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know. They got like a weird, like it's like she's, 
a dude almost like yeah I'll take a picture like a bro like, like just bro <laughs> like got, got you bro and then she, she but then they're doing it so I don't know I don't know uh, he had just accepted a job with a hard drive manufacturer and she applied to the city's police academy and went on to become an officer with the LAPD in 1983 which is three years before Sherry's murder so mm. that's how all their college stuff played out but he met this girl then. John later met Sherry. She graduated from Loma Linda. Loma Linda. <laughs> Quest, what? Mm-hmm. Let me make sure I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. The girl that did all that, the pictures, that, that wasn't Sherry. No. This is a girl that they think involved. The parents, Sherry's parents told the police about this girl, Stephanie Lazarus. Okay. Sherry, uh-huh. Okay, I just want to make sure I was up to. Mm -hmm. You're up to speed. Just be getting lost in trans. (laughs) Lost in the sauce. Okay, so yeah, okay, so Sherry graduated from Loma Linda University and was on a fast career track in critical care nursing. She entered college at 16, and I know, and by her late 20s, was the director of nursing at Glendale Adventist Medical Center. I'd be scared to death. I know. We all know I can't. <laughs> I was be. I was scared when I started my first day of high school. What are you talking about like sixteen and yeah in college. Scared she in college about to just start saving lives. <laughs> <laughs> we like uh, don't touch me in a crisis. <laughs> like don't whatever. It is. Are you ready to save lives? Nobody touch me in a crisis. <laughs> don't. Okay. Uh. Uh-uh. So, yeah. I just thought that was Rihanna. <laughs> yes. I was trying to think of it the whole time. I'm like, what is it? Uh, it's a beautiful day to save lives. It's a beautiful day to save lives. She says that she's 22 years old. Like, <laughs> never. Mm-mm. So, yeah, she's in her late 20s, and she's giving presentations and teaching classes to fellow nurses. Because she's like. She must be real smart. Yeah, she was. Or was. Yeah. She must have been real smart. It's real sad. I think that's what she was doing when she was still murdered. Mm-hmm. I wrote that down. I was like, which is what I believe. Because I just be stopping talking. Oh, stopping <laughs> so, talking. So, and stop on and top talking. of me talking too. Asking questions. So, yeah, I think. Making statements. I'm, <laughs> so, I think that's what she did. Was doing well. She was murdered. Because I think she had to do that, you know, presentation or whatever. Or the, the speech. And she just wasn't feeling it. She should just did it. I know. But it was going to happen but, either way because... Yeah, I was going to say... Once you find out what's going on. Okay, at one point, Stephanie threw John a surprise party on his 25th birthday. This was before she was dating... Just... What was I doing? This was before she Sounds knew... Sounds like you weren't doing your presentation either. I, I'm honestly not. <laughs> I'm, I'm just... Kidding. Words are literally missing. This was before she knew he was dating other women or that he had started a serious... Really... this was before she knew he was dating other women or that he had started a serious relationship with sherry (laughs) don't know if y'all heard that but (laughs) my god when she when she found out he was dating sherry she was tore up she wrote a letter in 1985 to John's mother, y'all. Oh, wow. She wrote a letter to his mama. His, mo- his mama. His mama. She, she said, and I quote, I'm truly in love with John, 
and the past year has really torn me up. I wish it didn't end the way it did, and I don't think I'll ever understand his decision. And in her journal, she wrote, I really don't feel like working. I found out that John is getting married. So she's all depressed and visits John at the condo where they had sex to give her closure. What? After he was married or before he got married? Before he got married. Ratchet. But he's with with Sherry at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's gay. Just a little closure. Sex. No. No, sir. Well, so, okay. Mm. Uh. While John and Sherry were engaged, Stephanie brought her skis to their apartment and asked him to wax them. Even though Sherry was not happy about it, he still did it. Sherry thought it was all a little strange since... Lazarus was dressed in sexy workout clothes, and after Stephanie left, Sherry asked John if their relationship was really over. John told her they were just friends. A few days later, Stephanie returned to pick up her skis in uniform and armed after he left for work. This made Sherry nervous, and she begged John to make her stop coming by. John just told her to ignore Stephanie and that they were there was nothing going on with them. Lies. Mm, yeah, like who knows? Sherry's dad said Stephanie visited Sherry at her office and told her things weren't over between her and John and said, if I can't have John, no one else will. Trifling. Trifling. Nels, Sherry's dad, said shortly before her death, Sherry called and said she was scared Stephanie was stalking her on the street. John and Sherry were married. John and Sherry were married. Uh, A few months later in November, this is still 1985. So they were only married roughly three months when she was killed. Dying. Yeah. Her dad also said he didn't believe that Sherry, who was six feet tall, had a larger frame, and was in good physical shape, had been the victim of a botched burglary. It would have been a struggle for anyone to subdue her in close quarters. And Mayor, the lead investigator, the lead investigator, had told him at one point the struggle may have lasted an hour and a half. A long time for burglars that are after items of value in a home. Like, that's, like, at some point, you're just going to give up and leave. Yeah. Like, you're not going to just get the job. Like, okay, I'm gone. Mayor also said whoever shot Sherry had fired directly into her chest at close range and taken the trouble to muffle the shot with the quilt, suggesting uh-huh. that the killing was deliberate and not an accident or a last-minute thought in a botched robbery. Rude. Yeah. Mayer eventually retired, and the new detectives assigned to the case told Nails he was unable to follow up on Mayer's notes and didn't think any new leads would be found. Nails was told in 1993, when he offered to pay for DNA testing on the evidence from the murder, that the police had to have a suspect in order to proceed with the testing. So he was going to pay for the testing, the DNA testing. He was like, I'll do it. And they were like, well, we have to have a suspect to get it tested. Why? Why does that matter? Oh, y'all probably heard that little bump. That makes no (laughs) sense. Yeah, no. So there's that. He literally let technology catch up and offered to pay for the testing himself, and they still kept him from doing it. Um. Yeah. In 1989, three years after Sherry passed, Stephanie and John had a brief fling. Mayor's note, yeah, Mayor's notes showed that John had called him and asked if he was absolutely sure there was no evidence linking Stephanie to his late wife's murder. Mm-mm-mm. During this time, Stephanie continued working with the LAPD. She also started Unique Investigations, her own private investigation firm. 
She earned medals, including one gold, at the 1987 World Police and Fire Games in San Diego. In 1993, after working in the departments of Drug Abuse Resistance Education and Internal Affairs, which, if you didn't know, means investigating other police officers on their actions and behaviors if there's a complaint. Like, internal affairs are like the big dogs of the police. Like, when police do something wrong, they're like... Uh All up in there. Like, Mm -hmm. no cops want internal affairs investigating their station. And she was on that and the drug abuse resistance education thing. So after she did all that, then she became a detective. By 1996, she married a fellow officer and adopted a daughter with him, moving back to Simi Valley, her hometown. At work, she became an instructor at the police academy. John, Sherry's husband, ended up remarrying as well. He did not pressure the police as his former father-in-law had. He's but just like why? moving on. I don't know. I don't know. It don't make no sense yeah, no, to me. There's literally no telling. So, in the late 90s... It's 420. I'm just saying that because 420. <laughs> it's not because I'm like, hurry up. Like, it's 420. It's 420. It's 420 yeah, in the afternoon. It's 420 in the evening. Okay. Okay. Uh, In the late 90s, after DNA testing had become more of a thing, the LAPD formed a new unit that looked through the forensic evidence collected from the department's cold case files to see if any new leads could come through the DNA. I just have run on sentences left and like I'm like the da 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 and I'm like every time I gotta 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 set it then I gotta go with it. I knew he was gonna do that. I'm like, where is the comma? Where's the comma? Where's the period? We need to have her on here as a guest to just to rap, rap God, just rap stuff. Oh God, because she can do the fast part. You know she can, girl. She can do it. She can do it. We have a wonderful friend, and she can rap the fastest part to rap God. Literally, word for word. The Eminem song. As fast as you. She's amazing. I've lost my spot. Come through the DNA. My spot is gone. Yeah. Okay, I found it. (laughs) (laughs) Among this evidence was the DNA from Sherry's condo and was considered a good candidate to find new leads all of a sudden. But it wasn't until 2004 that criminalist Jennifer Francis was able to analyze it. Hmm. Some of the evidence from the case, including what might have contained the suspect's DNA, was missing because it was collected in 93 by another detective. Mm-hmm. Francis did not have any matches in the combined DNA index system database, but she did find out that the saliva from Sherry's bite mark came from a female, which was the opposite of what detectives thought with the burglary <laughs> the burglary theory. Why did I do this to myself? Several years later, Francis said it was weird, but she was given access to not just the DNA sample, but the entire case file. It was given to her to help decide which other samples she should analyze. When she found out the suspect was female, she came across the report of a third-party female who allegedly harassed Sherry at her job and residence before the murder, which we know that's Stephanie. Yeah. When she asked the detective over her if this woman had been investigated, he apparently said, Oh, you mean the LAPD detective? He told her about Stephanie being John's ex and was a current LAPD detective, but she's not part of this. Uh, Yeah, he insisted. Yeah, because you know everything. Yeah, like, okay. Dr. Phil. (laughs) He insisted that the case was just a burglary as the department had decided long ago. No other detective would pursue the case and the evidence went back into the files. 
this is insane to me. I know it's one of their own, but it's crazy that they won't even give, like, get a sample when it's on record that Sherry told her parents, who then told two head investigators she was terrified. Yeah. Stephanie was stalking her and had harassed her in public. Has... And they're like, nah. Has anyone covered this case before? Yes. My favorite murder did. My favorite. Are they the only ones? I think so. Yeah, because I looked to see if it was on any of the other ones we listened to, Mm -hmm. just to make sure nobody, or like y'all hadn't listened to anything about it. Okay. On mine, now, on TV, probably. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. But yeah. So, okay, by 2009, so this is still, like, it's 2009. This was 19, like, 86. Okay, by 2009, crime in L.A. had declined enough from the past that the detectives began looking into cold cases again to increase their clearance rates. Which I'm like, how do y'all not have a cold case team? L.A. has one of the coldest, oldest, the oldest, (laughs) coldest cold cases in America. And they didn't have a big team back in 2009? Yeah, oh, nah. I mean, we graduated. Ooh, Lord, we That's when we graduated. Oh, my God. And they still didn't have a cold case team. Yeah. I'm like, you literally have, like, the Black Dahlia murder. And you don't have a cold case team? But the anyway, Black Dahlia. Mm-hmm. I just listened to that one. Oh, did you? On um, Morbid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was in L.A. in like the 30s yeah, or 40s. Was. I forgot about that. And they still and I didn't have yeah no cold case team 2009. Mm-mm. Like what's going on? So I may be wrong, but the way the article read was that there wasn't one. So wow. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know. But in Van Nuys, Jim Nuttle and Pete Barba reviewed the Rasmussen file and found it interesting enough to pursue. Because the DNA pointed to a female suspect, they decided the burglary theory was invalid, and they started from the beginning. Well, good. Jim and Pete are going to be the heroes of this, Jim of this story. Jim and Pete, Jim and Pete, you are heroes, Jim and Pete. Jim and Pete. <laughs> The heroes of the case, okay? The heroes of the day. Hey. So, they looked at the case as a murder with the burglary staged to throw police off the trail. Many things Mm -hmm. about the crime were unlikely signs that it was a break-in, especially the fact it was committed in daylight. Yeah, daylight. Hello? Daylight. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Peanut butter chocolate cake with Kool-Aid. We don't own the right. Oh, that's my favorite part of that song, y'all. <laughs> okay, the couple, they're like, if they don't tell the, the damn story. Crime. <laughs> okay. Inside, sorry. <sighs> the couple's jewelry box was in plain view on top of the dresser and had not been touched. The condo was in the middle of a gated complex surrounded by other condos that the burglar could easily be observed. The front door had an alarm warning and had not been forced open as it might have been if the burglars thought they were breaking in somewhere when yeah. no one was home. Uh-huh. Like, just all this evidence saying, no, it's not a burglary, and they're like, yep, yep. Oh, it's a burglary. It's just, just like someone that broke in and I killed did. her. Yeah, it's suicide. 19 steps to the back of the neck. Suicide. <laughs> suicide. Slip to the, to the neck. Suicide. Slit her own throat. Suicide. Down to the bone. Suicide. <laughs> It's not funny. It's not, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 you know, you y'all know what we're trying to say. It's not funny, but 
it's like how can y'all think that down to the bones <laughs> sure yes that- everything's a suicide everyone kills themselves there are no murders the end we need we need to put that one on our shirt down, down to, to the, the bone, bone suicide, suicide. <laughs> oh my god so <clears throat> inside a key part of the crime scene uh inside <laughs> a key part of the crime scene I don't even know. I'm just still not saying that right. Was also inconsistent. <laughs> okay. Inside a key part of the crime scene uh, was an inconsistency with the burglary theory. I'm just going to say it that way because I done <laughs> messed it up a million times. At the top of the stairs, a stack of stereo equipment on top of a VCR, which remember this is the late 80s, so there are still those are still very expensive. Like Right. This... Like, a VCR was not cheap, mm-hmm. okay? And it's just sitting there at the top of the stairs. Um, if the struggle between Sherry and her attacker began upstairs and then continued downstairs, that stack would likely have been knocked downstairs and scattered as well. Right. It made more sense to assume it had been stacked afterwards when an actual thief would have fled the scene immediately after the shooting. Mm-hmm. The forensics proved this theory as well. On a record player, on top of the stack of equipment, there was a thumb-shaped blood stain. It had no print, suggesting whoever left it was wearing gloves to avoid leaving their actual prints. The blood ended up being Sherry's, which meant it was most likely after the murder when the killer stacked the equipment. The murder had four bound volumes for the case file. And from that, they developed a list of five female suspects. Jim was shocked when John told him over the phone that Stephanie was a police officer. By that time, and Jim is, you know, one of the good guys, mm-hmm. one of the heroes. Um, by that time, Stephanie had been promoted to a higher level <laughs> to a higher level of detective and was working art theft cases as part of the commercial crimes division. So she's just like moving on uh-huh. up, doing great in her job, living her best life. Uh, Stephanie was one of two detectives in the nation's only full-time unit devoted to art theft. She gained some local attention when she and her partner recovered a stolen statue. Uh, she told a local newspaper she learned to paint for the job. Off the job, she had been active in the L.A. Women's Police Officers Association and organized child care for families of officers. She also did all kinds of good things in the community as well. Jim and Pete knew with Stephanie still being in the department and being a role model in the community, they would have to tread carefully. Still, they had Stephanie as one of the five promising suspects. Since they read in the files that she and John had ended a relationship, they had over the summer before the murder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The two investigators soon eliminated all but one of the women. The other, an old co-worker of Sherry's who had some disputes with her, was eliminated by DNA. They collected on what was basically a secret mission. They, mm-hmm. you know, did that thing they do where they mm-hmm. in the trash <laughs> and they swab they it. They did that <laughs> thing. Um, do your thing, good mm-hmm. money, make it roll. So then Stephanie was the only one left. They kept the investigation close to their chest. Uh, her husband worked in the commercial crimes division and she could have friends that could tip her off if they heard anything. So her mm-hmm. and her husband were both, you know, 
in the you know in the policing um if she's the killer she could have improved her defense if she isn't then they could have accidentally smeared a fellow officer's name who had a perfect service record of the course of her career she also had no disciplinary investigations or civ civilian complaints <laughs> civil <laughs> civil civilian complaints civilian 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 complaints <laughs> Uh, when talking about her, they called her number five. They worked on the case after hours or behind closed doors and even had yes. cover stories mm -hmm. to explain why they wanted to look at personnel records for one particular officer from 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Pete and Jim began looking into Stephanie's life during the mid 80s. Another detective said most LAPD officers at the time had preferred a 38 as their backup or off-duty carry gun. In fact, they were required to only purchase weapons compatible with the Federal Plus P ammunition that had been used in the murder. State and departmental records showed that Stephanie had owned a Smith & Wesson Model 49 38 caliber at the time and reported it stolen to Santa Monica Police 13 days after the murder. She did not report it to her own department's armorer, which is the person over the armory mm -hmm. where the cops get their guns. Uh, so that was weird. Since the location Stephanie had reported it stolen was near a popular pier, they figured she'd thrown the gun in the Pacific Ocean. Mm -hmm. Without the weapon, DNA would be the only definite way to connect the crime to her. The two detectives theorized from their own experience about how a LAPD officer would commit a murder. Uh, they figured it would be better to do it on a day off, of course. And Stephanie was off the day that Sherry was killed. Mm -hmm. An officer would know better than to use the gun they have on duty since you have to get rid of it after the crime and the penalties for using a duty gun or failing to prevent its theft were severe. Nails also told the two about the continued contact she had with Sherry, which had not been in the files. Of course not. Despite mentioning it frequently during interviews with the two lead investigators. Why wouldn't it be in there? I mean, they said it 20 million times. They were just like, oh, but no. <laughs> Down to the bone. Suicide. Down to the bone. <laughs> <laughs> like, excuse me. Uh, realizing that she was their prime suspect, the detectives informed their superiors and arranged to discreetly collect a voluntary discarded DNA sample from her, knowing they could do so without having to get a warrant, which would let Stephanie know that she was under investigation if they yeah. did the warrant. So while Stephanie was off duty running errands, she threw away a cup uh -huh. she was drinking from, and they scooped it up. It matched the <laughs> DNA from the bite mark on Sherry Rasmussen. Oh. Just 2009. 2000. And nine, in the year of our Lord, 1986, she was murdered. I'm sorry. Mm -mm. So, yeah. On June 5th, the day before Victoria's birthday, <gasps> 2009. Victoria! <laughs> the announcement of the arrest of Stephanie Lazarus in the 23-year-old case shocked the press and LAPD. She had been sitting in her third floor office when she was told that a suspect in custody at the jail might have information on one of her cases. <laughs> she she immediately left to check on the suspect, but when you go through jail security, you have to surrender your weapon. They tricked her. Yeah, they tricked her. Mm -hmm. Once they got the gun, she was arrested. The announcement stunned the police department. One veteran officer told the LA Times, never in my wildest imagination would I ever think she could do something like this. We drank beers. And she who was, said this? Her partner? No, um... Like a vet, like an old officer. Oh, an old officer. Okay. Yeah, like a veteran officer of the LA Times. Uh, 
I was I was really getting into it. You too. were. I, I was, was like, like we drink beers, we wait. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Victoria's calling me. Hold on, Victoria. We uh, we were calling her. Um, yeah, we drink beers. She was all. I wanted to get that right. I'm keeping it in. She was always quick to give you a hug or tell a joke, or murder you. Yeah, if I mean, you slept with somebody, she did. And if you, you murdered know, somebody, you would want people to think you're this sweet, you yeah. know, nice, genuine person. She's a good person. She just murdered somebody. That way, once. you know, it's not all pointing to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, she didn't tricked everybody and did all this stuff. So. Uh, she just murdered her and went on about her business for almost 30 years like nothing happened. They were all uh, kinds of good things said about her. Um, but other details began to appear on the internet about her. She was nicknamed Spaz or Spazarus. Spazarus. Because her last name is Lazarus. <laughs> for her erratic behavior when she became flustered or angry. So like now the tea's coming out. They're mm-hmm. like, well. Let that tea spill on tea. We called her Spazarus. Dad. Nails Rasmussen held a press conference the day of her court appearance and told the press what he'd been telling the LAPD all along. The likeliest suspect is one of your own. Mm -hmm. He told about the numerous times he told the LAPD to take a closer look at the jealous ex-girlfriend of his daughter's husband. The family's attorney said they provided information on the first day that there was a woman who was problematic. The family is extremely pleased and relieved with the arrest of Lazarus. Mm Mm-hmm. After Lazarus's arrest, new details emerged. The scene was more gruesome than originally revealed. Sherry's head had been bludgeoned. She had wounds on her wrists that indicated she had been tied up. If the maid who heard the screams would have called the police, this might have been a different story. Yeah. yeah. For that time being, anyway. Yeah, like, if she would have Depending called, on if she was disguised as far as confronting her. Well, they mean if, like, the nurse, like, if the nurse, God, if the maid had said something, then the police would have came, and then she would have probably been caught in the act. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but she just. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) A disguise. I'm just like, yeah, until now, you know, (laughs) until then, because she could do it some other time, and, you know, she could have just been disguised, and Sherry would have known it was her, so she could do it, you know, come back and do it again. (gasps) But I'm not even thinking, like, obviously, she's not going to know that. The maid called the police, so she would be caught <laughs> in the act. Oh my god! <laughs> there right? was no sense in me re like <laughs> capping, doing the recap. Yeah. It's fine. I'm a recapper. Well, too. All the all, the audience is probably like, Whew. <laughs> I roll like, okay, y'all, okay, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, so she would have just done that. It would have been a different story. Mm-hmm. But the case against Lazarus lasted five weeks, in which more than sixty witnesses testified. And 400 exhibits were presented from the state and the defense. Defense attorney Mark Overland counted, countered by repeatedly questioning the integrity of the DNA bite mark evidence, arguing that the vial it was stored in was not properly sealed and the envelope containing the sample was ripped. He also noted that a blood smear from an unidentified male was analyzed for DNA and did not match either the blood of Stephanie or Sherry, suspecting suggesting the possibility of another suspect during cross-examination overland tried to show his client was not the obsessed jilted lover portrayed by prosecutors in fact overland said her former boyfriend john rutan continued Mm -hmm. to pursue her after becoming engaged 
which could be true. But at the end of the day, she murdered her. So no matter what, she's an awful person. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in the end, the DNA evidence proved too difficult to overcome. After a little more than a day of deliberation, the panel of eight women and four men found Stephanie Lazarus guilty. 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 On June 9th, 2009, Stephanie Lazarus found herself on the wrong side of the law. Mm-hmm. She appeared in court in an orange jumpsuit, appearing distressed, her more, eyes wide open, and I mm. more like on the right side of the law, or yeah, she blonde. Yeah, yeah, on the side, <laughs> on the wrong side of the right side of the law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a pic will be on the Instagram. She looks creepy, like mm, yeah, looking like Spazarus for sure. On March 9th, two thousand twelve, Lazarus was found guilty of first degree murder. During the testimony heard before sentencing, John Rutten said the fact that Sherry's death occurred because she met and married me brings me to my knees. On May 11th, Lazarus was sentenced to 27 years at the California Center. Shit. Uh-uh. Center. <laughs> Center. Center. <laughs> Lazarus was sentenced to 27 years at the Central California Women's Facility Prison. She will be eligible for parole in 2039. And that is the murder of Sherry Rasmussen, who did nothing wrong, California. but all she did was love a man. That's all she did. California. Yeah, that was a good one. Women's facility. Prison. Prison. <laughs> Not up for parole. Yes. Till 2039. Stephanie's crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Awful. And then just became a cop. Well, she yeah. was a cop before then. How can you kill somebody when you're a cop like this? Like, oh, you know, I'm just going to kill them. I'll get away with it. Some of them think that <laughs> that they're smarter. Oh, I'm a police officer. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, or I'm smart enough. I won't get caught. Yeah, but maybe. Newsflash. But then you bit somebody. Some of y'all cops that think that. That are that listening. Ain't, that, ain't the, <laughs> that ain't the case, oh, buddy, old pal. Mm. We're going to get you. We're we coming for we you. We're going to find you. And we gonna tell on you. All right. So that concludes this episode of Screaming Sugar. I hope you enjoyed this crazy case. Go follow us on Instagram at Screaming Sugar Podcast, where you can see creepy Stephanie Spazarus and pictures of Sherry and things like that. I almost said, oh, but I was like, no, Sherry's the big <laughs> Yeah, Sherry's the good one. You can also email us at screamandsugarpodcast. At gmail.com. <laughs> I was going to say. At screamandsugarpodcast.com. Screamandsugarpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us on anything you want to do, anything you want us to do. If you have any suggestions, stories, stories. People have been telling me they're going to. Do yeah. stories, but they haven't sent them in. We got some bones to pick with you, some. Uh, <laughs> some of you. Oh my gosh! I thought you were gonna we say got some, some bitches bones to pick with some of you listeners. Mm-hmm. Talking about, I got this, I got that. Email us, girl. Email us. <laughs> Put it in the email. We need some emails. We need some emails. We just gotta. We're gonna be like Blues Clues. <laughs> we just got Your a letter. letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. <laughs> okay, y'all. Well, keep listening. Always listen. And remember listen to your heart. Uh, uh, and remember to listen to when your heart. When he's calling for you.
listen to your heart. Okay, because we just keep singing. I know. So, keep listening. <laughs> Please. Keep listening. Keep listening. And remember to keep it sweet. sweet. Bye. Bye.